Shvius, Perk Tes Mishnah Aleph, 9-1. We now begin the ninth Perk, and the topic is on Sfichim. Sfichim, I'm going to go with Artsville's translations for this whole Mishnah, actually, because it's a lot of particular plant translations. And Artsville always, always goes with aftergrowths for Sfichim. But let me explain what they are. Uh, Sfichim are plants that are commonly, often cultivated, they're edible for human consumption, but a person didn't intentionally plant them, you know? Plants grow by themselves. Nature has its way of doing things. Um, there's plenty effort in terms of agriculture and horticulture of people cultivating plants for consumption, and that's the normal way of doing things. Um, even in the time of the Mishnah, people would, you know, obviously sow their oats and their wheat and their barley, and they would harvest them. But if you, and that means if you have, for example, a wheat crop and you harvest the wheat this year, so next year you basically will have nothing growing in your field but not quite nothing, just basically nothing. That is to say, the wind and the birds and, you know, dropping a few kernels of wheat here and there will cause for some wheat to grow up in a year, even if you didn't plant intentionally. So that wheat, which would grow in the field, quote-unquote, by itself, meaning you didn't plant it, just the wheat kernels ended up there because of last year's wheat crop, thanks to the wind and the birds, and so um, there there was some wheat which grew. That's called Sfichen. Now, the Torah is a little bit um, ambiguous in as much as the psukim that talk about Svichin, um well, the psukim altogether that talk about uh, Shemitah, if you look in Vayikra Chav 25, uh, one pasuk, pasuk Hay says, Es Svich Ketzir Chalo Siktsor, the Svichin, the aftergrowth of your harvesting, you shouldn't harvest. And then the next pasuk, pasuk Vav says, Vahaisa Shabbos Arts Lachem Laachla, the Fallow land, that which it grows, shall be f- for eating, l'cha, for you, and also for your servants, your animals, etc. So, one Pasuk says you may not take the Sfichin, and one Pasuk says you can eat which grows by itself. So, the way that Chazal understand the resolution of that is that you can't intentionally and in the normal way cultivate produce in the Shemitah year. Um, that's the restriction. You can't guard access and restrict access to your things and so on. But um, that which grows, you know, by itself, you actually could harvest and eat, and that's what people will be eating also. So that's fichin. Now, the restriction, that's the doraisa. Now, midurabanan, the problem is that since we're saying now that a person actually can eat produce that grew in the seventh year, um, as long as it grew without being planted, midurabanan, if that's the case, so then that opens the door for a lot of tricky people to do a lot of tricky shtick. And that's what was happening. Chazal observed that so many people were essentially flouting the, law, the laws of Shemitah. They were planting illegally. They were harvesting illegally. And they were claiming, oh, this is Sfichin, this grew by itself. Um, and to put their foot down, the rabbi said, therefore, no one's having Sfichin. We're not eating Sfichin in, in Shemitah year. We'll do without. That, of course, pulled the rug out from under the tricky folk. Um, and obviously, the rabbis felt that was very important because it came at the significant expense of people having even less access to, to food in the Shemitah year, but they felt that was essential. Now, there are some qualifications, however, to that rabbinic requirement of not, or rabbinic prohibition against eating Sfichin. Uh, one is that the kind of, this is the thrust of our Mishnah, the kind of produce which grows totally in the wild, um, and normally people don't go to the efforts of cultivating them because they're just not very valuable crops, um, and it's not worth the effort. 
So those kinds of foods, and that's the topic of our Mishnah, are not subject to the rabbinic prohibition against eating svifin. And that's what our Mishnah will say. There are some other exceptions too. Um, most importantly is things that anyways wouldn't grow in a single year. Like if you have a tree, so the tree puts out fruit. Obviously, you, no one's going to plant a tree in the Shemitah year illegally and then get fruit that year. It's impossible. So restriction on tree fruit and nuts, etc. There's no that grew by themselves in the seventh year. That's no problem. That's not a Yisra Um There's an important machlokus between the Rush and other Rishonim and the Rambam regarding plants that started growing in the sixth year and then continuing to the seventh year. The Rush, the Rosh, um, the Bartanura will learn that that kind of food is un unrestricted and one could eat quote-unquote Svichen that started growing in the sixth year because it's evident to everyone that it started growing before Shemitah came in. It wasn't planted illegally. Um, but the Rambam, um, very importantly, Paskins, no, that's not the case. In any case, that's not the topic of our mission. Our topic of our mission is simply the lists of the kinds of produce which can be safely assumed to not be worth people's time and money to cultivate intentionally and therefore they can be safely assumed to be the kind of Svichen that grew really on their own and there's no reason to restrict their consumption. Therefore, one could eat, um, purchase them, and eat them uh, in the Shemitah year. So the Mishnah says, and I'm going to use the art scrolls translations here. The truth is, however, these translations, even if you look at the, at the art scrolls um, notes, are are uh, subject to a great amount of dispute. In any case, these are plants. Hapegam, which may be rue, some kind of medicinal plant. Vahayaruvin hashotim, wild asparagus, or some other kind of plant, wild though. Vaha Chaloglugis, Arshul translates that as purslane, whatever that is. Kuspar Shibaharim, Kuspar is coriander. If you eat bultong, if you're South African, that's the spice they put on on the cor- on the uh, bultong when they dry it out. South African beef jerky. Um, it's also um, was used to describe how the man looked like. Anyways, but Shibaharim means the mountain Kuspar, so it's wild, wild Kuspar. Um, by the way, Kusbar in modern Hebrew is cilantro, and that's because it's the same thing. Okay, cilantro is the plant, um, and the seeds are are the seeds of the cilantro plant are, are what are called coriander seeds. You also have v'hakarpas shibanaharim. Karpas it's karpas, like from the Pesach Seder. Um, Arshko goes to the primary translation of being uh, celery. But then they themselves say, could others, other Roshonim, Machronim learned it to be um, maybe parsley, whatever, cress, whatever the case may be. But the point here is that it's not the generic kind of karpas that people did eat, but Shabinaharas that grew along the riversides. And that being the case, it's like the wild and inferior quality karpas. Bahagargir shall afar. This is rocket um, from the dust. Rocket is like a green, like a. It's delicious, and people use it then and now and cultivate it. But this is not the usual rocket. This is the that's garden rocket. This is the wild, you know, dirty meadow rocket. All those things, paturin and maestris, first of all, they're they're exempt from maestris. And that's not a shvius topic. That's just maestris, tithing. Um, the reason why is because if you recall, when it comes to the requirements of tithe produce, um, they have to meet certain criteria. One of the most important criterion is that it has to be produce that is uh, nishmar, which means um, not left hefker, not left ownerless in the wild. In the wild, it means it's it's guarded and cultivated, and, and access to the public is restricted because people take ownership of it and want to cultivate it and claim it for themselves and profit on it. 
So things that are are not nishmar, that are not guarded, that is left for you know for the animals and and whoever else wants to take it, those kinds of produce are exempt from all tithes, trumas and maestras. The rationale is basically based on the pasuk. The pasuk says that since um, I'll summarize it, since the tribe of Levi didn't get a piece of Eretz Israel to cultivate their own produce, and of course don't forget that throughout almost all of Jewish history, from the time of the giving of the Torah till just a couple hundred years ago, everyone essentially was a subsistence farmer, more or less, lived off the land, um, and everyone, you know, it's an agricultural agrarian society, so if you didn't have land, you had nothing to eat, unless someone provided for you. So the setup is, Levim have other responsibilities in Jewish society, but they're not going to be farmers, so someone has to take care of them, therefore we have to give them access to our food, or give them, you know, trumosomysteris, as the case may be, and that's the din, but the Torah is trying to take care of the fact that the the, the Levium and Kohanim are um, left without land and have sort of restricted access to food otherwise. But when it comes to Hefker produce, they're not restricted in their access. They have equal access to wild growing purslane and rue and whatever as anybody else. And that being the case, the din is halach lamaisa. If you take something, as my son did just this week, some wild um, zatar, hyssop, whatever, the spices from the hills, um, there's no requirement to take trumas and um, And not only is it also, is it is it exempt from trumas and which is the first point in the Mishnah, but also, more relevant to our topic, there's no restriction on buying produce that grows in the wild, like these kinds of inferior produce, um, from anybody. You don't have to be afraid about um, the restrictions of Svichen and breaking Shemitah, because people just don't do that. People don't take the time to cultivate these inferior products, because doesn't, it's not worth their time and money. Because the Mishnah says these are not, you can tell right away these are the kinds of foods that aren't normally um, cultivated intentionally and guarded, and that being the case, they're exempt from the restriction of Svichen. Rabbi Huda Omer, Svichi Chardal Mutarn, Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi, excuse me, Rabbi Huda adds the list that when it comes to wild mustard, it's also um, not restricted. So mustard is a crop that people do cultivate. But it grows really wild, and therefore it's very inexpensive, um, and not really worth people's while to says Rabbi Huda, to break shemitah over because it's such a poor, you know, inexpensive and, and unviable crop. If you live in Eretz Yisrael, and right about now, I'm speaking in uh, April the fourth today, in the beginning of the late, you know, late winter, early spring. If you drive anywhere, look on the side of the road throughout the whole middle of the country, you'll see like these plants with the little tiny yellow flowers everywhere. That's wild mustard. It grows throughout the whole country wildly and, and in great quantity. And that be the case of Rebihuda. There's no reason why people would be um, breaking Shemitah to cultivate mustard. And that being the case, he says, you can, there's no restriction on, on buying or eating wild growing mustard, even though it's a crop that is cultivated because it's so uh, inexpensive and sort of people wouldn't break Shemitah for that. We just don't expect, we don't suspect people of, of doing averas and cultivating mustard. It's not worth it. But the halacha is in full of what it's worth. Halacha is like Tanakhama, that, that mustard is like any other svichin and is, and is restricted. Rabbi Shimon Omer, kola svichin mutarim. Rabbi Shimon takes the other extreme. He says all svichin actually are, are permissible. Um, when you buy from someone, you can just assume safely that he isn't cheating the system. That's okay. Chutz svichin kruv, with the one exception of cabbages, because there aren't 
cabbages like that that grow in the wild. That is to say, there's no such thing as a wild cabbage that in any way resembles the kind of cabbages we cultivate. And that being the case, for sure, those would have been illegally planted. So those you are the one exception which you can't uh, buy. But the Cham Omrim Kol Svichen Asurim, they say no, there's a general Isser prohibition against eating Svichen. Um, unlike Rabbi Shimon, it's across the board, and the Allah is like the Chachamim.